This is John. And this is Dan. And this is She's Not a Slut Yet. This is a podcast about three friends watching cult movies and drinking together. This week we'll be reviewing John's pick, Akira, which was released in 1988. Just as a quick announcement, we will be taking time off for the month of January. We'll be back in February for Dan's birthday month. So definitely make sure to come back to us and listen to more episodes about cult movies. Uh, Dan, go ahead and take away some box office stats. Alrighty, so this movie it had a budget of $8 million. Um, the uh, opening in Japan was $16 million, and the U.S. opening of $1 million. And then uh, worldwide, it made a total of $49 million. Now, when it comes to awards, it won the Silver Scream Award in 1992 at the Instagram Fantastic Film Festival. That's it. Has eight stars on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes has a whopping score of 90%. And then also uh, matching it with the audience score is 90%. Um, so. I do want I do want to add on there as well is that it's really hard to find the box office stats for this movie because it's originally from Japan and then it arrived in America. So it's very very hard. I know. I actually had to rely on John to come up with the box office stats because I literally was like I couldn't find it, and John was like, "You're wrong. All of these stats are wrong." And I'm like, "Please, please put in the correct stats." <laughs> literally just before we started recording. Yeah. So. <laughs> So if they are if they are incorrect, and if you do know the correct stats, surely let us know. But it is a Japanese-made film, so the box office stats in America are going to be a bit skewed. Nadine! Give me some interesting movie facts that I did this time. Yeah, so for the Christmas month, as a present to me, I had both the boys do their own movies that they picked. <laughs> so I'm going to be reading these facts for the first time with you guys. So Akira means bright, intelligent, clear in Japanese, which is a very fitting name for the movie. I do not agree. <laughs> All right, Nadine, I'm going to pause you right there. As a, as Yeah, you see, I'm not sure if you guys have already noticed, but she's not in appreciation of this movie. Now, under weeb culture rules, I love this movie. So, Nadine, you want to try that again? <laughs> uh, well, I won't read the first fact again. I'll just go to the second one. So... Oh the my movie God. consists of 2,212 shots and 160,000 single pictures, which is two to three times more than the normal. It also used 327 different colors, which is a record for animated films. So a few of those colors were exclusively created for the film, which actually mm -hmm. is an interesting fact. I didn't they know licensed that. it for this movie. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty crazy. The reason for this statistic is that most of the movie takes place at night, a setting that was traditionally avoided by animators because of the increased color requirements. I would like to say that I am like, I'm not, a, I'm not, obviously I'm not an artist, but I do like art a lot and I'm really interested in the art world. And there is two artists that hate each other. And I don't remember what the statue is actually called, but there's a bean uh, and it's supposed to be like the cloud of something and one of the cities in the United States is made by an asshole who basically made it impossible for anyone but him to oh, use the yeah. darkest color but, of black. Yep, you know who I'm talking about. Vanta black and then yep. what are the black yep. 11.0 yep. or some weird stuff. Yeah, I know that story is so common. So I think it's pretty interesting that they actually made 50 colors of their own that were exclusively created for the film and they actually patented those colors. And I'm kind of curious to see what the price point they put those colors at if artists today are actually able to use them for other films or anything like that. I wouldn't know, but uh, they did create the colors for the film and I'm pretty certain that they allowed people to use them. Yeah, I mean, they can be a little bit tricky, but I am curious about that, so I'll have to probably look at that 
on the side. Anyway, so this was one of the first Japanese anime films ever to have the characters' voices recorded before they were actually animated. This is a normal practice in the United States animation, but in Japan, the animation is usually produced first. Actually, I didn't know about that with U.S. animation. I had no idea that we had actually done the voice acting first, which does make sense. Well, it, if you think about it, it it makes sense. Yeah. But in Japan, it, it's a backwards because they make the animation true to what they're doing first, and then they're like, oh, we can do the lip sync after. Yeah, that, that's actually fascinating. And honestly, by these facts so far, John, it's alluding how much you are like an animation purist. Yes, yes, I, I'm sorry, but like this, this is my thing right here. We've talked about this before in previous, uh, previous ones, like the Iron Giant. I believe there was uh that that one Fantastic Planet, but I love the animation side. Well, so hate, these facts are hated the animation. Thing. All right, Nadine, next right. one. So I just want to put in, I'm not like someone who doesn't like animation or anything like that. I do love artwork of most styles there's obviously going to be styles not i won't like because not everyone likes everything but I, and i do appreciate it i just i happen to just not like most of the scripting and the voice acting and the storylines for most anime i'm gonna put it out there right now <laughs> anyway <laughs> you just shut down an entire culture nadine <laughs> the music was completed before any of the composers saw the movie. I can tell because I did not like the music in this movie. Uh, or anything resembling the movie. Therefore, when the movie was edited, the music had to be edited as well. Maintain! <laughs> I love the music! Bro! I didn't like the music at oh all. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, the movie set a record for the highest animated film budget in Japanese history at the time which from what I've heard of this movie actually makes perfect sense. Oddly enough, the movie predicted that Japan would be hosting the Olympics that year in 2020. And the film set in 2019, there are Neo-Tokyo buildings being built for the Olympics. That's pretty fucking cool. So Akira is Kanye West's favorite film. So much so that in his song Stronger, he mirrors a lot of the scenes that happen in the movie almost as a way to pay homage. Which, I mean, that's Kanye West, but that's an interesting <laughs> fact that there's literally nothing else you can take from that because it's Kanye West. No. Because he's fucking insane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, probably not helping my cause here, but, you know. When this movie was introduced to America, it was one of the first times that the general population had seen Japanese animation. This was the breaking point for anime to be brought into America and is typically accredited for it. Streamline Pictures is reported to have become the film's distributor when both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg labeled it as unmarketable in the United States. Which is funny because the next fact. It's hard to find evidence of this, but there is plenty of documentation stating that George Lucas was heavily inspired by this movie for his animated Star Wars films. So I can understand why they would say it'd be not marketable, though, for this market. It makes complete sense. Like, this is a very non-American movie. Well, and on top of that, it's not something at the time that it had come in that I could imagine in the 80s that people would accept well. Oh, no. This was the worst time for a movie like this to do. <laughs> Nadine, the next fact is actually one of my favorites as well. All right. So the shot of Conrad's bike sliding to a stop away from the camera in the opening bike chase sequence is considered to be the most referenced shot in animation. Homages appear in shows such as Teen Titans, love that show, Gendi Tartakovsky's Star Wars Clone Wars. I can't say that. Samurai Jack. I like Samurai Jack. <laughs> Batman the Animated Cedars. Teenage Mutant yes. Ninja Turtles. Really? It's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which yes. one? Which one? Which TMNT? Okay. I it's it. literally, it's, so think about how it slides to a stop, right? 
It okay. slides to a stop, and then he gets off of it. That literally happens in every single freaking show I've ever seen animated. But like, are you talking wise. about, like, like, the OG TMNT? Because I don't think I remember seeing an, uh, I'm a huge TMNT fan, guys. Is it the OG TMNT, or is it one of the more recent ones, or is it the anime TMNT? Okay, it's in Batman TAS 1993, um, TMNT 2003, oh, Clone so, Wars okay. 2003... At, um, ooh, so Final Fantasy OG, Advent so Children. It's not the 1990s TMNT is what it's I'm It's in hearing. Pokemon. Is that, is that, is that, is that what I'm hearing? Is that what, is that what I'm hearing? But it, it, no. It's honestly, I, I don't like anime. I've never been into anime, but this, this scene is so iconic that it's, it's, it's still ingrained in my brain because just that poster of like the bike and the guy walking up to the bike, it's iconic. Oh yeah, like everyone has seen that yes. red jacket poster. Of him either walking away or towards the bike. There's so many different ways. And it's, it's referenced so many times. It's taken off a life of itself, just that one scene. And I don't even if it's in the movie, but... Yes! Yes, and that's because that, that motorcycle scene got popular. I will, I will say that the scene is actually pretty good. The movie I didn't like, but this, there's a couple scenes out of it that were actually pretty... Pretty cool. So Tokyo Movie Shinsha, the production company that produced the movie, would go on to animate various episodes of Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh, I love that. Batman the Animated Series and Animaniacs. I love Animaniacs. And the 1990s for Warner Bros. Animation. Wow. Okay. So the scene in which Tetsuo flies up into outer space to destroy the satellite is very scientifically accurate in the sense that there is little to no noise once he leaves Earth. Due to the fact that there's no medium for which sound to travel through in space, i.e. air, solid objects, this is very impressive for a sci-fi animated film from the 1988. Yeah. Seeing as how live-action movies like Gravity from 2003 and Interstellar from 2014 have only re recently begun playing more noticeable attention to that technical aspect of space almost three decades later. And it's true. And as in, even, like, if you look at almost all space movies in that time period, it wasn't really just thought of. I mean, even Star Wars did this. And they still yeah. do it, but that's to pay, you know, respects to the original movie. But it's, they all, even, like, Star Trek would make noise. Like, the ships would make noise in space because they give it an effect. But you don't really think about it until you watch a scene where it doesn't have it. I have a theory to why that is. Honestly, like, most of those films, I feel like you would kind of lose a lot of the film if you took out noise so i think it's more of just like a marketing aspect i do think they add the noise because i feel like people will be like oh are we deaf did the noise like just cut out yeah. oh is there something wrong with the film that kind of thing if they didn't add the noise in but if we are being technical and we're being scientific with it yeah you and you are trying to be accurate there is no you're not going to hear that noise in space there's nothing for yeah, the so noise like, to travel that's the thing like if it's, it's a film that's based whatsoever. on earth and then you go to space for one scene that that makes sense but if it's a film based in space probably some noise is going to make uh it, absolutely like when looking at it like that yeah. yes the hollywood aspect of things where you right. need to actually have captivating sounds makes sense but just from a attention to detail, right? Because they could have easily just ignored this, just blew the shit up in space and make boom, boom sounds, you know? But they didn't, which means they actually factored it in when they made this. I think that's impressive, though. I mean, they actually literally were like, okay, well, is there such thing as sound in space? They went through what would be the sound, found out there was no sound, didn't put the sound in the movie, and made it more accurate. Would I say that it would work in all film mediums? No, but I think it's impressive they went that extra mile to go ahead and do something like that. Mm -hmm. In fact, 
fact, I even added that weird white noise sound, like when you plug your ears, you get that almost deafening, like there's no sound sound Right, like almost, your ears are kind of like sense. rigging a little bit kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's really neat. Sorry, I'm, I'm geeking out again. Nadine, go to the next fact. There's only two more, so let's get through these. Um, ever since the release of the film in 1988, there have been plans for a live-action version of the movie. I hope they do better with the live-action. Initially, Sony was planning to release a live-action version of the movie. Oh, Nadine! Ultimately, Stop it! You can't help yourself so to interject and roast it every chance you have. action version of the movie, but ultimately opted out so after offended. deciding that it would be far too expensive. Talks of a live action version of Akira haven't gone away, though. With the most recent talk coming from planned live action movie from the director of Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi. Honestly, if he did it, I would fucking watch it because he's an extremely talented director. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because like it almost like sucks because he's so successful that he's probably going to be removed this indefinitely because he's lined up for a Star Wars movie. He's lined up for like a, the sequel to Thor. Yeah, he's become so successful that he can't even do his own art passions. I feel like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he really does love yeah. Star Wars, and I think he really does like Marvel and stuff like that. And he isn't doing weird shit, but stuff like anime. I would be really interested to see if he ever has time to him recreate this movie in his own way for a live action because i mean i'm not an anime fan at all obviously i mean i think if you like anime that's fine right you can totally love what you love i like tmnt i can't really fucking talk i don't know if you've watched the original tmnt but like it's pretty fucking corny i have no space to talk in and i love all of tmnt but what i would like to say is that i did not watch the full original Cowboy Bebop, my ex really loved anime a lot. I would say the live action is fantastic. So I'm wondering if you do do a live action of this and you do dial down some of the extraness that's in anime, if I would actually really fall in love with the story itself. Yeah. Okay. I, I, again, oh. I respect your opinion. I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad that you've come to terms with the fact that, you know, anime is amazing. This movie was released before the manga ended. Isn't that how it always happens? I mean, look at fucking Game of Thrones. Go ahead, John. <laughs> so, the synopsis. 15 minutes. Let's go. The movie begins with the nuking of Tokyo in 1988. The scene then shifts to show Neo-Tokyo, which is Tokyo 31 years after World War III ended and Tokyo was nuked. The scene then switches to show a bar with one of the members of the pill game. Kanada is looking through music. Just as he picks a song, another pill member, uh, Yamagata, bursts in to collect Kanada so they can fight against the clown gang. The pill gang then goes after the clown on their bikes and end up destroying property along the way. The scene then switches to show a man running and a kid with grayish blue skin called Takashi running away from the police. The two accidentally run into an area um, cordoned off due to riots. After the two enter, they are spotted and are told to leave when the crowd gathering around the barricades notice that the guy is bleeding. The man then shoots at the crowd and gets gunned down by the police. The kid then screams from seeing his friend killed and manages to destroy the building around him from his scream. The scene then shifts again to show another gray-skinned, bluish-skinned child, Matsuro, tracking Takashi. As the colonel goes to capture Takashi, the pill and clown gang continue their fight on the highway. Tetsuo, 
A member of the Pill Gang is ahead of everyone and almost hits Takashi as he suddenly appears on the road. Tetsuo then points the kid out as his friends try to help him, and the gang goes to grab Takashi when the helicopter appears. Matsuro emerges from the helicopter and convinces Takashi to come with them as the army collects Tetsuo, who is injured, and takes the Pill Gang to jail. While in jail, Kaneda meets a girl named Kei and gets her out of jail with the rest of his gang as they weren't considered part of the rebellion. As soon as they leave the station, Kei ditches Kaneda. The scene then switches to the colonel being told that he will be held under review for the latest incident when he gets a call from Dr. Onishi. When the colonel arrives in Onishi's lab, Onishi shows him that Tetsuo has an energy signal close to that of Akira. The colonel confesses his concerns in being able to control Tetsuo's powers if they experiment to test him. Before leaving the doctor, though, the colonel says Tetsuo must be killed if he seems at all unstable. Great lesson that was never followed. No, not at all. <laughs> Later <laughs> that night, Tetsuo escapes from the facility he's in and goes to find... Yeah, not at all. Goes to find his girlfriend, Kaori. Tetsuo then tells Kaori that they have to run away together as he does not want to go back to the facility he was in as they were messing around with the inside of his head. Tetsuo and his girlfriend then steals Kanada's bike and gets spotted by the clown gang. Kanada's bike breaks down just as the clown gang arrives to get revenge on him. Kanada and the pill gang follow and arrive just in time to save Tetsuo and his girlfriend. After defeating the clown gang, Tetsuo and Kanada get into a fight as it seems that Tetsuo is losing his mind. As Tetsuo goes to walk away, his head begins to hurt and he can hear the name Akira being repeated over and over. As this happens, he begins to hallucinate and collapses. The army then arrives to retrieve Tetsuo again. As the pill gang hulks over Tetsuo being taken again, there's an explosion, and Kanada sees Kei running away from it. Kanada decides to follow Kei and her friend, and ends up finding her running away from the police in the sewers. Kanada helps her escape after she accidentally kills one of the police in self-defense. The scene then switches again to show Tetsuo dreaming about the world falling apart around him in Kanada. When he wakes up, he grabs his head in pain and the lights explode around him. The scene then shifts again to show that the grayish-blue-skinned child, Kyoko, as she tells the colonel and Dr. Onishi that she had a dream of meeting Akira again, and many people dying as the city crumbles. She then says that they cannot let Tetsuo go as he is too powerful and will be the cause of this. Kiyoko then passes out before telling them when it may happen. The colonel and Anishi then decide that the council needs to know, the government. The scene then switches back to Kanada and Kei, as Kanada follows Kei while she looks for her friend Ryu in an abandoned building. When they do finally find Ryu, Ryu is suspicious of Kanada and locks him in a room and begins a meeting with the other members of the rebellion. While in the meeting, he says that they have to break back into the lab to rescue another test subject. The members reject this idea, as the last time they took in a test subject, Takashi, it was a fiasco. The man then says it's a new subject, and that he was collected the night they took Takashi. Kanada is then found listening into the meeting, but is able to convince them to take him with them as they are talking about Tetsuo. After the meeting ended, Ryu meets with a council member called Nezu, to tell him that they will be going to collect Tetsuo with Kanada's help. The scene switches again to the colonel's review with the council, who are all scrutinizing all of the recent events and claiming them as his personal failures. The council then announced that they would be considering his termination in the next few days, 
The colonel then angrily leaves before the meeting is finished, angering the council even more. The scene switches back to Tatsuo, as he is rolling around in pain at Dr. Onishi's facility in bed. While he lays in that bed, three giant monster toys construct themselves in his room and attack him. As they come after him, glass shatters and he cuts his foot, scaring the three gray-skinned children, disguised as the monsters, away. After they leave, Tetsuo gets a vision of where Akira is being kept and escapes from his room to go find him. As Tetsuo escapes using his growing powers, Kanada and the rebels sneak into the facility to retrieve Tetsuo. As Kanada and the rebels search through the facility's sewers, they get discovered by the army and shot at. And as they're being ambushed, Kanada and Kei manage to steal a bike. As they escape, they hear that the army is battling Tetsuo, who is going at for the children's room. The scene then switches to Tetsuo destroying everything in his path as he makes his way to find Akira. As he enters the first room in Akira's locked vault, he encounters the toy monsters again and battles them. As he destroys the toy monsters that arrive, Takashi and Masaru fall from the monsters and run to warn Kyoko that Tetsuo is coming. As Tetsuo follows to kill the children, the colonel and Dr. Onishi arrive on the scene and tell Tetsuo to stop. Onishi notices that Tetsuo is in pain and offers help, to which Tetsuo denies fervently. Just as Tetsuo goes to kill everyone in the room, Kanada and Kei enter the scene with the military right behind them. Tetsuo then kills the military man and launches himself outside of the window from the freaking skyscraper and starts flying to find Akira. After Tetsuo leaves, the three children tell the colonel where Tetsuo is going, and the colonel mobilizes the army to chase him. As he goes to leave, he receives word that the council is denouncing him, and he orders that the council should be locked up and killed off of the corruption. His soldiers follow suit and kill the council messenger. The scene then switches back to Tetsuo as he sits at the bar from the beginning of the movie. When the bartender gives Tetsuo a hard time about the drugs he asked for, Tetsuo kills him. Just after he kills the bartender, more of his gang friends enter the bar and Tetsuo kills Yamagata. The scene then switches to Kanada and Kei as they escape military jail. As they are trying to reach Tetsuo, they find Matsuru and find out that Tetsuo has killed Yamagata. Kanada grieves for the loss of both his friends as Kei is lured away by Takashi. The scene changes to show Nezu trying to escape from the colonel's coup with as much money as possible. As he goes to escape, Ryu finds him and Nezu shoots him. After shooting Ryu, Nezu escapes down the alley and a previously shot Ryu finds him and uh, possibly kills him with his newfound powers. The scene then changes again to show Kanada chasing after Tetsuo as he destroys the city and gathers followers in his search for Akira. Eventually Tetsuo makes it to the Olympic Stadium in the old city that Akira is being held in and has to face off with a possessed K. As they fight, the Olympic Stadium gets sucked underground and Akira's tomb is brought to the surface. After defeating Kei, Tetsuo opens Akira's tomb to find out that Akira is just pieces of flesh and DNA and had perished long ago. Kanada then shows up and he and Tetsuo battle it out. Tetsuo gets his arm blown off by the army as they fight and builds a mechanical one that turns against him and starts forming into a blob. As Tetsuo's arm degrades, so does the rest of his body, and he accidentally consumes Kanada, Kaori, and the colonel in his new pulsing blob-like form, which is gigantic. As Tetsuo's powers overtake him, the three gray-skinned children come to help, to help defeat Tetsuo and manage to save the colonel after Akira's tubes break open. 
Great light comes from Akira's broken tubes engulf what Tetsuo has turned into as well as Kanada. The three gray children then jump into the blue light to save Kanada and rejoin Akira in the afterlife. While in the blue light, Kanada sees Tetsuo's memories and feelings for the past events in his life as well as a few in Akira's. When the memories disappear, Kanada wakes to see Neo Tokyo being destroyed by the blue light. After the city is destroyed, Kanada is reunited with Kei and Matsuru, and the three head off into the destroyed city, and the movie ends with a black orb saying, I am Tetsuo. So, I'm so sorry, Nadine. Before we even start the discussion and review, I didn't realize how difficult this movie would be to write a synopsis for. Oh, it was so hard. I was trying really hard to make it so that it wasn't like five pages long. And then I was like, let's just get drunk and go through with it. Because by halfway through, I was like, I have no idea how to make this make sense without just glossing over shit. And I was like, I'm going to have to. Mm -hmm. It's going to be forever. Like, we were already at like two and a half pages from what you read. Mm -hmm. There are so many details to this movie. possible to write about what this movie is without having the imagery. Because, again, this movie was originally a manga, too. It doesn't help that it's two hours long, either. So, like, a two-hour-long movie and trying to fit that into two pages, which is usually what I tried to make the synopsis length, two pages, was almost impossible. Oh, yeah. I, I will say the one thing about this movie is the whole time I thought Tetsuo was the main character that I was supposed to be empathizing with. Yeah, right after that, he's, like, the main villain. I guess I just didn't understand most of what was happening, but... The movie? Yeah. I literally yeah. watched this movie twice. I did know the first time around that Canada was uh Wow, that was a loud that was a loud can crack. Who did that? <laughs> it was oh right my underneath. God. My you were talking, you're like, Yeah, I remember <laughs> when I was watching <laughs> And then it just muffled anyway, and then you started talking again. So I knew that Canada was the main character in the first watch through, but in the first watch through I was like, I don't know what the fucks going on in this movie like none of this makes sense i mm. had to have missed something i when i watched it the second time through because i had to do the synopsis i had to pay way closer attention to the movie i didn't really have an option and then i was like okay now there's like a definite story i can actually see where the storyline is it's not just chaos and screaming <laughs> you know it's <laughs> it's actually got like a linear progression do i like the story it's not my favorite. It could have been done in a different way, in my personal opinion, but it is there. You just have to pay attention. I have to also throw this out there, Nadine. Um, you guys don't like anime. Yeah. Right? And I've watched a lot of anime, probably as much as Nadine's watched her cult movies. That is my thing, right? And I'm proud of it now that I'm older and I realize that people's opinions don't matter anymore. So... I've watched a lot of anime, and this is very normal. The progression and stuff, the finer details, the way the storytelling is. This is a very Japanese style of storytelling, right? So, to me, when I watched this again, completely just seemed like a normal action movie to me. To you guys, when you watched it, you're like, what in the blue Jesus is going on on my face? What am I watching, and why is everyone suddenly dying? Who are these people? I can't pronounce their name. Well, the pronunciation I've got, it's the rest. <laughs> but you, you get what I mean, though, right? Like, for you guys, this movie is... It's not only are you watching something that you don't like the style of to begin with. Well, no, I, I kind of got over the style initially because, like, I knew I was watching an anime film. And, like, 
the style i was like all right cool there it's like kind of futuristic like right cyberpunk style i could get on board with that but it takes so many crazy turns and there's so much weird exposition that it's hard to really grasp on to like any one part of it i guess i'm just on a higher plane mentally than you guys I, so i understand maybe that's it I, I i still i still think tetsuo is like the main character that is he's i don't think of him as the villain i think that's that's part of the point he's not technically the villain in this movie but Kanada is the main male protagonist, and K is considered the female protagonist. Although K is not nearly in this movie as much as Kanada is. I would say Tetsuo is not a, a villain. He's definitely not a villain, but he's supposed to be kind of like a Catwoman-like character. She's not a villain, but she's also not a hero. She is that in-between. She is that gray. Tetsuo is supposed to be the same kind of thing. He went down a path that he couldn't help himself because something ha was happening to him well out of his control that was clearly messing with his brain that he could not control he who he was himself from the movie in the beginning and the memories that he had shown in the movie would not have been that person that came from those powers that had clearly distorted him that actually brings up one of the discussion topics i wrote down and i put this as why even though technically speaking i wouldn't really agree with the question but do you guys think that Tetsuo actually did become evil? Mm -mm. I don't. And that's actually what the character was designed for as well in terms of this movie. Because if you look at all of the world building around, and especially like Nadine said when it went into uh, Tetsuo's memories when he was younger, he basically, again, as Nadine said, lived a life of torture. And that was his way. Once he got powers, he's like, oh, I'm free of this now. I can retaliate back to it. And then right at the end, when he actually was turning into something he didn't want to, you can actually see the regret and actually hear him go, I didn't mean for this to happen. I don't even think it's just that. I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact of what's happening to him, like how he got these new powers, how much pain he was in. He was also mentally being fucked with. How much can you actually deal with physically and mentally dealing with that as an onslaught, mm -hmm. something that you have never dealt with before all at once, and how are you going to react to it as a kid? He's a kid. I mean, a high schooler is a kid. You know, I, I, I hate to say it, but you're you're not technically yeah. an adult. You're not fully formed. You're not even fully formed in your early 20s. Mm -hmm. You know, it, your, your frontal lobe hasn't gotten there yet. So for him specifically, when this happened to him, the way he reacted, it just makes sense. With everything else that's going on in his life, with all the things that he's had to deal with as a child, with having to deal with that pain and being so young and not having the life that an adult would have to have maybe be able to separate that or not because an adult could probably react the same way. It just makes sense the way that he reacted to things. He, I think personally, a lot of it had to do with the amount of pain he was. I think he had a moment of temporary insanity because of the pain and the mental fuckery that was going on in his head from the powers coming out. I do want to note something um, as well, leading into another uh, another discussion topic. Basically, uh, why did he become so powerful? But you got to keep in mind that, and this is completely a non-American thing, but in Japan, you're basically considered an adult while you're in high school. Unfortunately, that's how this is. So they show, as you can see in the movie, high schoolers literally dying, which is just unheard of in american you know movies and stuff not really 
I would say high schoolers do die depending on what movie you're seeing. Like if it's like a kids movie. Yeah, what watch any like teen slasher movie? They're all dying. They're all di- well. You're, you're wrong. I don't <laughs> consider those movies. Yeah, they guys. are. I mean- high schoolers are predispensable to this. Oh my god! All right. Well, I was just gonna say there's a key note here that in one of the lines where the kids, the the three, were talking about how adults should not be given that power. In reality, he's still technically a child, right? But he's an adult enough to where it becomes an issue because he has his own traumas he grew up with, things that could emotionally affect him while he's using said power or whatnot. Which then leads into, like, the why did he just suddenly become powerful? It doesn't really make any sense in logic of the movie. I mean... I feel like they did explain that pretty, pretty well um, when they were talking about, like, the source of the power and everything like that. Um, If that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I actually kind of agree. Like, it's like he got pushed into a quarter so far that he kind of tapped into this, like, force that was tapping into it. Mm -hmm. That anybody could use, but because he was so ostracized. Yeah, so the way that I saw it is that when he... He was the only one that got into the accident with Takashi. And I have a feeling his accident with Takashi is actually what caused that to happen. I think his interaction with someone who has an accelerated power that's probably within their DNA or whatever, being in physical contact, that person may not have gotten hurt, but he got severely hurt and he did have contact with that child. I think some of that may have interfered and gone into him because he obviously had open wounds, like even if it was just a little bit of the skin or whatever, and that has ended up what started it. Now, the furthering of it is something that I feel like they explained in the movie. They said that Akira, the power of Akira isn't all of us, what we choose to do with it is up to us, depending on when it becomes apparent. It's kind of like that, uh, it's, that's a very, very anime-like thing where everyone has untapped potential. It just depends on how you use it, you know? That's it's a very very common theme. Well, that's used in things that are Western too. It's not just an anime thing. I've seen it in so many movies. It's not even funny. But for him in particular, I I don't actually think it's because he was pushed in a corner. I think it's literally because he had contact with that kid. Now, what he did with it was, I think, a reaction to being pushed in a corner, feeling mental and physical pain, and all the trauma he had previously, and possibly that mental and physical pain that he had to deal with that was new and an onslaught that he had never had to experience before, causing a very minor break with reality and a temporary craziness. Like, he went temporarily insane because of it and i think when the end when you see him say you know i didn't mean for this to happen i think that was the moment when the temporary insanity broke because his fear of dying probably broke him that and he realized oh these decisions that i made have brought me to the point that i'm at now and i could have made different decisions and i decided not to because i let the pain i was feeling take over my entire being instead of actually fighting against that and making more adult choices. But as a, again, in our, like, yeah. he's a, he's a kid. He's, a, he's not going to mm-hmm. make more adult choices. Yeah, no, and I, I, I completely agree with you that like the in-universe reason why he got that ability or got access to the ability was like that accident with the kid, with the zombie child. The zombie child. But, I love you, Dan. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. 
That's what they are. He literally looks like they're yeah. shriveled up. They're shriveled up children yeah. because they were taking the medication to help them control their powers, <laughs> and that's what it did to their body. It's almost like chemo, except a, a little bit more disturbing. So I think what it did to their body is it actually stopped them from growing any bigger and mentally progressing, but they still age like a natural human being because they were friends with Akira thirty-one years previously. Mm -hmm. That's what they looked like after 31 years. I mean, how old were they when Tokyo was originally bombed? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like their 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 emotional intelligence yeah. grew. And that's why they knew to like band together to go against Tetsuo, even though they kind of knew why he was the way he was. So let's uh let's kind of move to the topic of Akira real quick. Um, and this focuses on the the primary thing. Um, in the very very beginning of the movie, there was a nuclear bomb, right? Do you guys know why there was a nuclear bomb? Not for the linear progression of the story, but like what it kind of means in the form of Akira. Because the nuclear bomb happened right around the time that Akira was there. Do you guys kind of kind of get that little reference there? The plot building device they did? I mean, obviously. Obviously, right? But there is an actually an under key tone here. You see... The bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, one of them in particular was called Little Boy, right? At least it's known in Japan as that. But it was called Little Boy, which then is actually, well, that's Akira. And it's supposed to be used kind of as that plot device that the bomb happened because Akira was there. He created that issue. So it's supposed to be focusing around this nuclear dystopia, but in reality... It's because Akira was there that eventually caused that. Now, it's actually what happened. Unfortunately, that is a manga-related thing. There's a lot of world-building in there that I'm not going to bring up because that's nothing to do with the movie. But that plot device is actually very, very subtle, but kind of in your face. But it's there to represent that this entire dystopia was actually created unintentionally by Akira in some way or form, which is why that nuclear bomb was in place. Which is interesting because at the very, very end of the movie, it happens for a second time to kind of close the movie off in that form. I just thought it would be a pretty interesting thing because it's named Little Boy and obviously it's Akira, right? So as an addition to what you're saying, because I was thinking about it while you were talking about it, I would like to say I like the underlying themes that they have in this movie. I do not personally like this movie, but I do like some of the messages that they put out or how... They were able to portray them in the movie mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, corruption and government. Capitalism obviously is in there. They do have mentions. They say this is World War Three, but it definitely has a clap back to World yeah. War Two with, you know, the dropping of the bombs. It definitely rioting. Where they shoot people with um, the gas canisters, which is freaky because, again, in 2019, there was a lot of those issues. And then on top of that, they also have comments on like what fanatical religion does because they have those fanatics who are religious like religious fanatics in the movie they also show things like government experimentation and how that can go wrong and how keeping those things secrets doesn't always make things better how the society itself is actually cumbering around itself like it is technically like a dystopia after the nuclear bombing but you also have to think the government that they have at that point is so not structured well enough to maintain itself that it is it is actually falling the city itself and the the way that it's run is actually falling apart 
around itself. It is literally crumbling. And that's usually the sign of anything that is actually ending at the end of an empire, just like the Roman Empire. It is a sign of that. And I like how they point if instead of being greedy and having all these corrupt policies and trying to make more money off of it, probably better in the long run, trying to make sure that you're actually taking care of your people. Because if you don't do that, you'll have great disasters that you weren't able to take care of because you took all the money instead of putting the money in the right places. Which is, again, what that that end bomb was showing was like the society was so broken at that point that you might as well just get rid of it. It wasn't inevitable to happen because a lot of natural disasters and horrible things happen that could have been prevented during the end of a reign, whether it be in a democratic society or anything like that. Whenever an empire or a governmental system is actually ending, those kinds of things do happen and there is mass death. And so it is just showing that by being corrupt or greedy and not actually giving to the people and making sure you're continuing the government to run the way that it should, which is in reality, making sure that you are actually having a functioning, moving government that is helping the people because the people are kind of the reason why you have buildings that don't crumble around around you and things like that. But you have things where government can like pave the road and keep up with buildings and all of that shit instead of like stealing all the money, you you can keep those structures. And there's hints of that, Nadine. <laughs> there's hints of this. I wouldn't even say there's hints. It's pretty heavy headed with like the political overture. It's pretty fucking heavy, yeah. It is. And you know, it's kind of doing that on purpose to throw it in your face. And it's the kind of balance all of the other things that's happening because i mean let's be real if you removed all of the political stuff that's happening in this movie and all of the terrible undercurrents the the riots and the police killing civilians freaking driving tanks around through the city shooting uh like protesters with tear gas bombs and beating them with like if you remove all of that all you have is just some really wacky-ass sci-fi that doesn't make any sense. Right. But because you add all of this political undertone to the movie, it kind of keeps everything in place, almost. Ah, oh, man, I really... It's so hard to talk about this movie without going into the manga, because the manga goes so much deeper. It actually explains what Here's is going on, but I'm trying... We're not I'm talking to about the only fucking the manga. Movie. Stay only That's the, the problem. I've read, I've read and That's watched really it. That's really funny. It's really funny. Dan was having that struggle with Star Wars. I was having that struggle with Army of Darkness. I'm going to have that struggle again when we do the the 1990s TMNT movies because they're technically cult classics, all three of them. Because people don't really like, unless you're like someone who's a huge fan of TMNT, like do not watch those movies that much. I have seen even the anime of TMNT. Like I've seen everything. I love it. I love fucking TMNT. I fucking love it. This is such a big movie for me. And I really wish I could say everything, but it's not the movie. I'm only judging the movie here. And I can go into every nit-gritty detail about what it should be and what the missing links are, but the links aren't shown. You kind of have to grasp them for yourself because they only have certain time constraints in this movie. Like, otherwise, they could have made this a six-hour movie. Here's the thing. I, I would like to say... I think personally, if there was a manga that was much more in-depth and actually put this out better, I think it probably would have been better as a TV show. I probably still wouldn't have liked it as much because I do not like the way, personally, the anime is structured. It's a lot of chaos. It's a lot of screaming. But it might 
have been a more flushed out story that I could have gotten behind more because the way that they structured it in the movie, it made sense, but only after I had to watch it two times. And because I had to make a synopsis, if I was just someone who was watching this to watch this the first time around, I would have been fucking lost, you know, and Dan was fucking lost. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. Like there's a lot of awesome imagery, great concepts in this, in this movie, but like just seeing it just once front to to back it's not a cohesive experience no and honestly instead of making the live action film i would be very interested i mean i would be interested in that especially if taika watiti did it but like i think because there it just from hearing from me there is a manga that's way more in depth than it and there's a lot more story to it that that could be done i feel like a live action maybe tv show kind of like they did with cowboy Bob might even be better because i never i didn't really like the anime my ex loved that anime for cowboy ev Bob, and i hated it i watched the live action which was definitely more toned down with like the drama and like the extra blood and all of that but it's it's i actually really like the the live action and i think if they did the same thing with this movie and the manga and actually took the manga and took all that story and all the indefiniteness, it might actually be pretty fucking interesting personal opinion. And they made it into a show. Cause I mean, if you have a manga, mangas are like comic books, dude, you can, you can make a movie for comic books, but it's not going to be all of those comic books. Comic books are fucking crazy. They're long. There's a shit ton of them. From my understanding, mangas are kind of the same way. So totally make a series out of it. Why make a movie? Yeah. Did the manga come before this movie? No. So the well, yeah, the manga was or the manga. Jesus, you guys are making me say that. Um, the manga when it was being written wasn't even in the final parts of the manga yet. There is more story after this. The manga was not over, and they made a movie out of it. And the the author or Japan mangaka or whatever the fuck they call it. Um, actually had to had to step and monitor what they were doing because they were cutting so much out because otherwise as i said it'd be like a six hour long fucking movie so literally is the same like scenario that game of thrones ran into where like the author had like the stories just they weren't written yet yeah and so he had to step on the show even as as he did that the the directors of the show did quite present his vision in the way that he wanted to well, even with the written books, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, for Game of Thrones, they missed a lot of fucking shit. Like, I loved those books, and they missed a bit. <laughs> the dude fucking wrote those in a hay fever, man. Like, he's like, you know what? I love this character. Let's kill him. Okay. But um, outside of outside of Game of Thrones. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> I love that plot device. <laughs> outside of Game of Thrones, right? Side of game. It's actually funny you mentioned Game of Thrones because whenever I think of Game of Thrones, I think of the Red Wedding scene. I've never watched Game of Thrones all the way through because I got turned off really quickly by characters dying so easily. But part of the way through the game, Game of Thrones, of course, I don't know what season, I don't know when. There's a Red Wedding, right? Blood, blood. Let's talk about blood. Great. This fucking movie here. Holy shit! Did they really overtop the blood on what they did? Like you guys are well. Obviously, everyone saw when Cowrie died. Um, sweetie, have you watched anime? Because, like, I'm I'm not an anime fan, and I know for a fact that anime is like all blood all the time. I'm sorry, that's that, that's that's basically what it is. That's basically what it is. <laughs> Nadine, you're talking to me. I'm a very weedy person, right? 
honestly, like, I, I wasn't that offended by the blood. Like, I, and I, I honestly feel like... I wasn't offended either. I'm just saying how much of it there was. Well, no, like, I feel like there wasn't that much of it until, like, the, like, middle third of the movie. Like, the, I mean, the first... And then it started getting fucking extra, right? Yeah, yeah, like, then you had, like, the, the like, blood, like, the, the veins and the metal arm and stuff, and it's, like... So, like, there, there's, like, the, the first half, which is kind of normal, the middle, middle third that's, like, it gets a little bloody, but, like, none, none of it was, like, outrageous to me. I don't know. Well, like, like, take for, obviously, when you, when I think of the blood in this movie, I don't think of, I don't think of Kauri getting fucking squished like a little Tootsie Pop, and then bubbling, and then all the blood's gone, it doesn't even squirt out, it's fucking disturbing. Um, what I think about is, uh, like, well, let's say, like, when the kids are getting disciplined in our high school for skipping class and doing stupid shit, right? And they get a sock on the face, and it says, discipline, every time they do it. Bro, that was a squirt of blood, like someone just ripped their fucking face off. Spraying off of their face. And I'm just looking at that, and like, that's very common for older anime. But this particular sense, Jesus. Like, they don't do that anymore. Maybe they do it as a joke, but never, like, serious. And they walk with, like, a fucking black eye. I'm like, Jesus. There's just a lot of, lot of unnecessary blood in this movie, in my opinion. Oh, uh, also a lot of unnecessary assault on, like, there was a couple parts in this movie that I was like, this is fucked up. Like, this, we're getting to the fucked up territory, and it's not even, like, we're not e- we're just touching the beginning <laughs> of this movie. Without, I don't, I, I kind of don't want to go way too deep on that, because this movie crossed a lot of boundaries, and I know you're uncomfortable with them, Nadine. Like a lot of boundaries. More than just me. There is so many things that they did that I was like, all right, I guess we're going there now. That's, that's, I mean, it's the 80s. What am I going to do about it? They, they were assaulting a woman and groping her who clearly did not want to be fucked around with in the bar in one of that scene. Then they punched the chick in the calorie shirt off and then punching her in the fucking face after making it seem like they were gonna fucking rape her oh and let's and blood everywhere by the way and and if we're not even just going by like that can we just like for a second think that these bitches were like going after on their motorcycles the clown gang that was unsuspecting i know how gangs work like they all kill each other or whatever but these bitches were beating them with lead pipes with nails sticking out of them one how did they get nails in them two what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I, I could tell no you a lot of ways put nails no in a steel pipe, Nadine, but I don't think that's relevant to the conversation. Um, clotheslining people, going fucking eighty miles an hour, and knocking a bitch on her feet. Like again, unfortunately, I know how you feel about this, Nadine. Nadine, I know how you feel about this, but we talked about this earlier. That's why this is a dystopia. When you have all of these bad things up top. There's going to be a lot of shit things at bottom. I know, because I watched the original Mad Max, and okay, and my, like, favorite kind of, like, book is, like, dystopia. Like, I was all into the Hunger Games, <laughs> let's be honest. But I'm just Bro, saying... Bro, did you just compare this movie to the Hunger no, Games? No, Hunger Games I don't want is ten times fucking better than this movie. Anyway. Whoa! Hey, oh, right, that is an opinion! Anyway, what I'm saying... What I'm saying, I understand why they were doing those kinds of things, but I was like, wow, like they literally just went there and they went there hard. They went from zero to a hundred in like fucking 60 seconds flat and they weren't even fucking ashamed of it. 
Like they didn't all, even kind of like say, Nadine, build to it. They were just like, nope, it's there. All I could say, Nadine, is let's be happy it didn't properly get put from the manga because it gets way worse in that poor fucking book. I was imagining that it would probably would because when you said there was a manga, oh, it's when you said so there was a manga, worse. I was like, oh shit's real fucked up in the manga because this is not even that like it's fucked up don't get me wrong but it's not that fucked up in my mind when i was watching this movie it was like okay that's pretty fucked up we just like we caught, we're crossing lines here and then i was like oh there's a manga that means these guys are like not just crossing lines they're tiptoeing over the lines that the manga literally obliterated they've the manga the oh manga no they, there was no line. line in the manga the manga fucked that line i'm assuming <laughs> Manga fucked that line literally, and they made babies. <laughs> that's that's my assumption. I mean, this entire movie is an eye rape. Okay, so you guys are talking about you guys are talking about thrillers and horror movies. I don't know, man. This one freaked me out. On like, especially because I watched this when I was like thirteen for the first time, mind you. Yeah, I was like six when I watched Fred Krueger. So this movie fucked me up when I was a kid, right? And of course, it didn't do it now because I've been numbed to the decade of like just you know society. But this 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 movie fucked me up, man. And I have to say, right, in a core concept. I think this movie is inherently more of a horror than some of the horror movies we've been watching. I don't know. Because this movie really, really no. messes with you. It is not a fucking horror, okay? It, it is! is. Not a fucking there horror. is a horror as aspect a to this movie. As, as a horror whore, this is horror not a horror. horror. <laughs> Fuck off. You're wrong. It is not a horror. As I'm a sorry, horror whore, I really want to say that more often. That's fucking great. It is not. It's not a horror. But I would say it's definitely a sci-fi that has an, a horror aspect to it. Because there's a lot of sci-fi movies that do out there. You know, Prometheus or something like that was supposed to be the alien movie that was like a precursor to all the other ones where they came there and they saw like the eggs and, you know, for the alien. That one was a sci-fi movie with a horror aspect, which was kind of funny because the original alien movie, I wouldn't call it's a horror but i wouldn't say it's a hardcore horror. dude that is just a male fuck you i have biceps movie like that's all that was no no you're you're, you're, th you're thinking of predator we, we haven't done right. alien yet you're thinking predator we're talking about alien which is with uh which is which uh okay oh okay Cooper, right so <laughs> yeah all right yeah yeah no no you've lost me i, I don't think i've watched alien uh, what the fuck is wrong with you, bitch? What? I don't know if that's, you haven't I don't watched? Know if that's a cult classic. It's a cult classic. I'm pretty sure it's a cult classic. Alien, Alien's got it. It's got okay. it. It's got it. It should, it should be. <laughs> All right, we we have quite a bit. Um, I want to do one last thing, Nadine, because I know this. Okay, Aliens is up. not a cult classic. It's considered a classic. How is that fucking considered? Okay, it's got to be a cult classic. It's a cult classic. Okay, whatever. We're gonna do Aliens. Directly. Okay, you just made your own mind there. Okay, Nadine, <laughs> so let me do the final talking point, because we are definitely sitting um, pretty close to time by now, I bet. Um, but the final talking point I really wanted to bring up, guys, and I already had a minor discussion with Nadine, how she fucking hated it, which is just great. But the music in this movie, hated it. 
Dan, it's stop. I'm trying to talk. Dan, what did you think of it? Uh, neither here nor there. It was just kind of like he was there, right? It. It, was like, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't. Wow. So okay. I was actually really annoyed by it when I would come up because there was certain like some of the songs like it was background. I didn't really notice that it was there, and there were sometimes when it come up and I would be like, yeah. "This is like." fucking obnoxious this is not really like trying to set the scene this is literally just punching you in the face with its fucking annoyingness i did not like the music in this. i feel so (laughs) offended because i love the music Uh, all right but so i wrote this down because um it's pretty interesting how this movie music wise had a mix of cyberpunk indie with some classical timpani and, and like chanting and breathing it's just it really did a lot of freaky notes right. And some of the songs in there in there and background music weren't even noticeable at all because they were just mellow. They were smooth, but the moment things got a little bit weird, so did the music. And I actually liked that a lot. That's my opinion. Alright, we're okay, I know you hated it. Let's I just scrolled down, I saw story ain't that great. Damn it, Nadine. Alright, so uh, <laughs> Fucking finish this shit up, man. So, do we agree or disagree that this belongs in the cult movie list? Um, honestly, I this is a debate. Like, I, I don't even know who wants to start. I this. want is to start this guy? out, and I'm going to say two, two things. In the grand scheme of worldwide, this movie by far is absolutely not a cult classic. In Japan, this movie inspired a lot of animators and inspired Dragon Ball Z, which was inspired by Yu Yu Hakusho, which was inspired by this movie. Like, this movie actually wrote a lot for future anime. So, this movie, I in Japan in particular, absolutely is not. Like, it's a really, really good movie over there. In other countries, though, it's harder to say. On the other side of the coin... As a person like Nadine or Dan, who have not seen a lot of anime, it definitely should be a cult classic. Because I imagine in America, people will watch this. This is the first time they've seen the weirdest shit on TV. Like, what the fuck was that? And they're probably going to be like, yeah, let's not watch that again. That's kind of odd, right? This movie, not a lot of people that watch anime actually know that of Akira. Really? Like, this is a very particular movie. And in, in, so that, that, in the grand scheme of things in America, I would call this a cult classic because of what it is. Do you mind if I go next? Because I actually can build off of John and actually give an argument. So is it a yes or no, John? Because I would say it's a no. I'm going to say because when I talk about cult classics, I'm saying in America. So yes, I would say this is a cult classic because... It, well, so no, you. I would say you can't. You can't do it just from an American point of view because we're going to be watching movies that are considered cult classics that are foreign. All right, and depending and like Solaris is a cult classic in Russia just as much as it is a cult classic. In the I United mean, I've States seen a foreign movie. It wasn't as big of a hit as it should have been, and you have to take that into context. The best way that I can put this is, I would say no. This is not a cult classic. And the reason why I would say it's not a cult classic is because, simply put, it is a cultural film. The culture that it originally had come from, it was a huge hit. 
it may be a cult status in the United States only because you have people who really like anime. But at that point in time, it's not really considered cult status either because anime is becoming pop culture even in our own society. So it is a cultural thing, I think, personally. And then I don't think it makes it a cult classic because in the country that it it originated from, it, it was huge. It was a huge success. It made a fuck ton of money when it released. It made almost double when it released. It's something that is known all throughout Japan. And honestly, like, I feel like you can't call this a cult classic. You can't. Even though a lot of US viewers wouldn't know this movie, the more and more the anime is introduced into United States society or even the UK, because UK anime is huge over there too, this movie is going to become more something more. Anime has become pop culture. So at this point, I would say the only reason why we would even consider it in the United States as a cult classic is because it is a cultural difference. It is like the same concept that we had when originally we did all those trades with artworks between the East and the West. The East has a different concept of art and viewing the world than the West does. That is the only difference. So as we kind of intermingle and as things go further, that is going to blur. I will. I'm not going to disagree with you, Nadine. I still am going to stick by my, uh, yes, this is a cult classic based on my own personal viewing experience. But if you go extremely in-depth like that, you give us all a fucking midlife crisis. So I'm going to say yes, because that was my original part, or I'm going to lose part of my personality. Dan? So it's, it's up to me. <laughs> it's up to you. All fucking right. tiebreaker, bitch. <laughs> now, I will... I'm sorry. I do want to mention, though, that this was... This is addresses a lot of really dark social issues as well, which typically is a cult classic thing. But go ahead, Dave, Dan. Okay, so so going off that, like I actually do think like this actually hits a lot of the notes of a cult classic. Like I don't think it ever had like a major like theatrical success, but like it made a lot of money just because of its groundwork. It fits all the bills of a cult classic. For the United States Western view. <laughs> like, but the thing is Dude, I got a shit eating grin on my face. Keep going, Dan. Not not even for like United States versus Japan. <laughs> Because, like, this is, like, a, like, exemplary case of, like, an anime film. No, I didn't want to put the thing is. Like, an adult anime film. Like, it's the, because it's the shining of example of its genre, I don't think it can be a cult classic. So, I'm going to say it's it's not a cult classic. No, you bastard! No, we ain't friends But that's not a bad thing. I see why it's so well-received between so many different types of people. Like, so many people are drawn to it. Between the imagery, between, like, the, the story has a lot of like interesting concepts it, it didn't grasp onto me in particular but like i see why it's why it's rated something. extremely fucking high on all these different sites that you can uh, review it, it from and that's the thing like because it's it's kind of this like shining example of like an anime film i don't think it can be a, a cult classic okay i respect both your decisions even though you're right but i respect them that's the point of this podcast is so we can argue about it well that, that but that's the thing like Anime is a cult genre, but like if it's like the number one movie in that genre, can it be a cult classic? It's a cult genre for the West. That's the problem. So we're not actually considering the fact the original culture here. 
the biggest issue is east and west and so we can't even put just east and west it's east west and african culture they're all on different odds when it comes to artistic view and production now i will say uh some of the east and the african kind of mix a little bit not like mix but like they have similarities what i should say for a lot of african art it's stuff that is useful it's actually used in their society um, it doesn't have to be stuff that's all about aesthetics. It is about use and nature and flow. And now, I will say Eastern art has a mixture between Western and African. It does go off nature, and a lot of times it does do use, which is not something that Western art often does. But it also has a bit of an aesthetic to it in, in Eastern art that is a little bit different. Now, the way they conceptualize it because of their mix between those two kinds of things, it is completely different from what we as Westerners who've grown up with the art styles that we have. So, you know, we've had the hyper-realism with the Dutch art that came out. We have, you know, we have Van Gogh. We have, we, we have all, we have all Western art, basically. You know, Western art. Uh, if you if you if you're gonna compare that to Eastern art, it's gonna be different. If you're gonna compare Eastern art to African art, it's gonna be different. There is combinations between the two that are similar in Eastern art, but because of the way that they portray it, it becomes completely different. It's the same kind of concept with anime. Manga uh, started anime, and manga came out of World War II. Manga started from, and it was based off of their kind of expression from their original view of the world but in a Western kind of cartoon format. That's basically what it came from. The manga came out of World War II as an expression of what ha the horrors they had seen after the bombings had hit. And the best classical example of that would be one of the books that I had to read for one of my history classes, which actually portrays a kid and how he went through that time period along with what came after and before. And all of it was in a manga format. I love you. I know. <laughs> I love you, Nadine. You're scary. I am. Me. I am. I am. Let's we take can. a breath. We can. Uh, I know your your history itch has been scratched slightly, and you're just delving into it. Please, can we go to the next part? Let's rate it, please. So let's rate the movie. Who wants to go first? Okay, I'm I'm gonna be up on Frank. I don't think this is a ten. Okay. By all means, it shouldn't be a ten. Um, there's a lot of inconsistencies in the movies, and from someone who read the manga and seeing the movie, um, it's a different experience altogether. I'm going to be honest, I'm going to give it an 8.5. An 8.5, because it has a lot of themes that I love, it has a lot of things that is great about it, but there are some things that are just missing from it. And unfortunately, I read the manga first. If I had watched the movie first, I probably would have given it a 10. Okay, what about you, Dan? Do you want me to go next? Okay. That's literally all I'm basing it off of, but I would give it a 10 otherwise. Damn! So this movie is a pure 5 for me. I can... Like, I'm so happy you gave it the middle ground. Because Nadine's gonna fucking drop it to the floor. Because, like, there's nothing that in this movie that, like, piqued my interest into, like, make me want to dive deeper. There's nothing that, like... Honestly, like, it was a hard movie to watch, because, like, I, I would pass... Like, it, it was... I literally like would fall asleep sometimes just because like it's because it's so <laughs> much you did so, not have to so add much that like just like explosions, Damn. like dialogue, background noise, visuals. It's a different viewing experience that you didn't hate nor 
like exactly like that's that's kind of thing like i i didn't have to be fully engaged but i could kind of still see what's going on i could like zone out for three minutes or like for 15 minutes and like check back in and i'd still kind of get an idea what's going on i didn't love it i didn't hate it 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 was literally just a five like there's nothing more that i hated or disliked about this movie or just it's like half of the movies i watch with you guys you know it's not my cup of tea yes. but you know what i respect what it yes, is it's like i did I, I don't despise the fact that i wa- had to watch it but i also like i, I can't say i really enjoyed it it was just like it, it happened you didn't really enjoy it yeah that's about it <laughs> love thanks. you john thanks dan i i appreciate the five that you know what i was really expecting you guys to both knock at a fucking <laughs> one nadine all right so I'm not going to give you my number right away. I'm actually going to explain it before I give it to you. So I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's even more cool. It is. That's even more cool than. So I've hated this movie, but I am not into anime. With that in mind and taking myself out of the fact that it is an anime movie, I did not like the way that they had constructed the story very well. I think they could have done a better job, especially from what I'm understanding that it was a manga and there is a lot more in depth. You can't really do a lot without in a movie, but if that's the case, you can make it a series of movies or you can make it a TV show. Personal opinion. However, I do think with what they did, were able to do with the movie with the amount of information that they had and they were trying to make it into one movie, they didn't do a horrible job. I do not like animes. I do not like that it's an over dramatization. I don't like the constant screaming of each other's names. I don't like the constant over dramatization of things. The art style was absolutely stunning. The way they had the flow with it was absolutely beautiful. Even with the overly bloody, gory scenes, it flowed beautifully. Well, don't don't say your rating yet. I do want to add something in there. But go ahead. And I would like to stay, even though that I don't like the storyline. And even though they did a great job with what they did, if you watch the story and you actually pay attention to it, it does have a linear progression to it. So before I say what I want to say, John, go ahead. Okay. So you were talking about a couple of things in there that I just want to casually note that you're talking about the literal style of anime. Anime is an over-exaggeration of fucking everything. There is no such thing as a, I'm going to put this on and relax. You don't watch anime to do that. They literally voice their characters in the most over-exaggerated... You want me to lower my score? Is that what you're trying to do? This is the style of what this movie is and what it caters to. If you want to lower it, go ahead. I want to see a fucking one. I'm going to say it's between a four and a five, so it's a 4.5 for all the reasons that I see (laughs) it. What the fuck? You got me so freaking... I hate you. I'm so... I hate this movie. It gives it a 4.5. You know what, Nadine? <laughs> what is a 1 to you? I was actually feeling guilty. What is a like, 1 to you? Wait, Nadine's actually going to score higher than me? <laughs> what do you mean you felt guilty? 5 is a completely reasonable thing. I was like, 5 is what I expected from you, Dan. Nadine, I was expecting a 2, and she's like, yeah, I'd say it's about a 4.5 or a 5. Fuck off! You got me so worried there! Okay, so here's the reason why I put that, though, because I feel like with what they had and what they were trying to do, they didn't do the worst job. Do I think they could have done a better job if they actually split it up the way they did and actually delved into the story better and maybe waited until the fucking manga was over? George, I'm, I'm talking to you, Game of Thrones fucking directors. <laughs> then, yes, they could have done a better job with what they had. They didn't do bad. I don't personally like the over-dramatization of anime. 
I don't really like the over bloody goriness. I don't like them constantly screaming, fucking each other's name, pain, fucking moans and whatever. That is not my thing. I do not fucking Jesus watch Christ, soap you... operas for a reason. However, I'm so done with you, Nadine. However, you know what I don't like, Nadine? However, with shitty fucking horror flicks and all of these cult movies that you make me watch, and I still find love in them. I still find love in some of these movies, Nadine. However, and you shut down my only dream. However, for what they gave, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Hated the movie. But it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I was expecting it to be a one, I'm going to be honest. So <laughs> I think because of all those things, and plus of the fact that I think they actually did an amazing job with the art style. It's not my personal art style, but I think with what I think with their style, it's actually really well done. Like I can't fault them for it at all. Well, I, uh, I want to add something too. Um, I'm actually not a big fan of the modern anime art style. Uh, you know, usually when you think of anime, you think of the Sailor Moon and the Dragon Ball Z, right. this art style, for example. That's what I think of, right? The newer art style is shit. Like, it's, there's some good ones here and there, don't get me wrong, but the older animation style is just, it's actually art in comparison to, it's, let's just digitize place, everything. Like, if I had to describe you know? this movie, it would be like, if you took, like, Mad Max, uh, Blade, Blade yeah. Runner... <laughs> And like Tron, yeah, and Dragon Ball Z, yes, and mix it in a pot. That's what you get. Yes, that's exactly it. So, that's what you but, get. <laughs> I get like half of those things were created after this movie, so like, I yeah, give it, it, that it is funny though, right? So, as a final note before we close it out, um, I do want to mention uh, I am absolutely not offended by your guys' opinions, and if it, if I joke around about it, it's all in good fun. Um, anime is one of my pastimes. It is what I really enjoy. Sort of like how Dan has his huge thing with Star Wars and Nadine is just weird um, about cult movies. But <laughs> anime is one of my things. And when I saw this movie on the list of cult movies, I had a mini freak out. I was like, yes, I can watch something I like. You know? I Unfortunately, watch when I was looking... When I was... Yeah, I did like sleep, but that's true. It's a good movie still. It is a good movie still. But, unfortunately, the anime genre on the cult classic scene is just tiny. There's not very many movies that are actually listed there. And if I'm going to have to find more anime movies for us to watch, I fucking will, Nadine. Whatever. It's fine. You know what I just realized as I was as you were saying that when I said Totoro? I was like, I, I'm pretty sure in the Totoro episode, I was like, I wasn't sure where to put Totoro because it was such a, as I was going to say like, Oh, I'm like totally against everything that I just said. I contradicted myself in that one. No, no, no. Like you've been consistent with yours. Um, I still said that was a cult classic. So here's the thing. Like, like I would say my neighbor Totoro totally because it, it fucking bombed in the box office, like bombed. And it's not its own entity, technically speaking throughout the world. It, it, and I don't even know if it's its own entity in the Ghibli movies. I know Ghibli movies themselves. It is. is it, it is now. Really? After enough time, it has become their bestseller. Yeah, it, that My Neighbor Totoro has become their best movie after time. Yeah. I knew it was one of their best movies, but I didn't realize it had become its own entity when we were reviewing it. I didn't think it was like in Japan, like that's 
They made an entire amusement park around that movie. Did we talk about the amusement park in the fucking episode? I think it made a joke in that episode. We did. It's like like, uh, Japanese, like Mickey Mouse. Like, in in a weird way, it kind of is. Did I call that? Wait, no. So then I feel like I'm a con. Then I contradicted myself. Then I had to have. Hold on. It's kind of funny, actually, because because there's another movie that it got sent out with. Um, My Neighbor Totoro got released around the same time as my The Grave of the Fireflies, which is another movie I think is a cult classic on here, and I'm going to have to look. But it was released around the same time. Grave of the Fireflies did really well, but My Neighbor Totoro kind of fell off because it was just in a really weird time when it was released, so it didn't do well. However, Grave of the Fireflies, has, it has a legitimate cult following in Japan. Not very many people like it because it's dark. But My Neighbor Totoro is a huge fucking thing. Like, it's their bestseller. It's literally what is carrying them right now, is people still wanting My Neighbor Totoro shit. Like, you could still buy merch that is being released new, new merch from that movie. What I'm trying to figure out is, like, did I fuck up and I use, or did I, like, change my view on things? Or I don't think you changed your views at all, Nadine. I really don't. Because that one... My neighbor Totoro is a cult classic, and you said this one. Well, is so not. no. Here's the thing: I must have because think of it this way. This is the way that I say that. Uh, my neighbor Totoro bombed the box office, right? And then, but it is a cultural thing where it ended up doing better. But how much better did it do overall? I don't remember us talking about the amusement park, but if we did, that means I fucked up. So I think we all said it was a cult classic, though. Uh, I think I think I think the biggest I mean, thing with my neighbor Totoro, Totoro is I think classic. it was the first wrench when it came to can we consider this a cult classic because of how big it got over in Japan culturally speaking and now we're talking about you know the US kind of thing um, and then I think this time I think I decided more decisively that like we have to really consider the culture that it originally came from and how well it did over there so there's that. <laughs> I think once we get really far into this, uh, into the podcast, we should literally do an episode where we go over our previous ratings for movies, right? And then we, and then we like re-review whether or not they should be a podcast, or re-review whether or not they should be a cult yeah. movie, because our views have been changing a lot. That's that actually be a cool episode. It's like a year review of how we versus how we like feel about it now. Yeah, because like me, I know yeah. all my fucking answers are gonna be different. Well, see, I think I think the biggest thing. Well, so I don't think all of my answers are gonna be different. I think a few of my answers will be different because I've always been into cult movies. But I think the more and more we go further into this podcast, the more and more I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I have to be more critical on what I think is a cult movie and what's not a cult movie. I have to be more technical about it because we're hosting a, mo- a podcast about fucking cult movies and I'm doing the synopsis and I'm looking up all the budgets and I'm following the clubs and things like that. So my opinions probably have changed the more and more we have done this, but not by a whole fucking lot. Cause I'll say as if we go back, surf Nazis must die, probably not a cult classic in my opinion, but I think I made it a cult classic at the time. I would say my neighbor Totoro, we're basing it off of the culture that it originally came from and the entity it has come become now based off of what you guys are telling me probably not a cult classic uh well i mean okay time out time out because if we have a movie we haven't watched yet that has become its own fucking like when you think of a cult classic you think of this movie and that's the uh oh god what is that movie it's the one where it's uh 
It's supposed to be the Rocky the Horror first... Picture Show. That movie. Yeah, that's a cool yeah. classic. Well, and no, it is. see, no, but that's the thing. If it gets overly <laughs> famous to the point that it becomes pop culture to the original culture that it's come from, yes, it has not. We are its original culture that it came from, and it has not become pop culture at all in any way, shape, or form. It has become more popular. It is known by a lot of people, but most people do not fucking watch it because even to today- We changed our definition again. Not really. No, I don't no. think we have. We must have. Because my my view of a, of a cult classic, right, is strictly on it sucked really bad in the box office or it did good in the box office. That, that's people that's why the, like the it, first episode we right? had was literally just going over every- definition of cult classic and then literally later on it doesn't matter how famous it gets if it did shit in the beginning it's still but that's cult the classic. thing we, we in the beginning i think i was more specific with it with how i thought it was a cult classic and i think i was always more specific than both of you guys if it's something that is in music which is the why pink floyd's the wall is on the fucking cult classic list and it has a cult following from that which it totally does because most people don't fucking watch pink floyd the wall the fucking music video of the entire goddamn album over and over and over again only the people who are really into pink floyd are just really like the visual and the music behind it which i guess makes you into pink floyd but th that's one all right, and then the other one is that it bombed at the box office and became popular afterwards, but to a select group of people, not become its own entity like Star Wars has, and possibly even My Neighbor Totoro. Usually, though, movies that do really good at the box office or do really bad at the box, they'll literally follow the same trend. They fall off the edge of the earth. If they do really bad at the box office, typically they're only going to have a strict following. If they do really good in the box office, they'll be like fucking Star Wars. Not true. Not true. Not true. There's some movies that do bad in the box office and become an entirely different entity than from their own and end up not being a cult classic afterwards. There is a way to become not a cult classic. When Star Wars first came out, it did fucking amazing in the box office. However, you got to remember at the time, there wasn't really tapes. You were just watching the movies over and over and over again in the movie theaters. That's how they were seeing these movies. So, of course, it was doing really good for all the nerd franchises out there. But it became fucking insanely big as time went on because it became something that was more pop culture than anything else. Now, when you think of My Neighbor Totoro, when it came out, it was a double release like they did in the 40s uh during the 40s basically during the war during the great depression they had this m movies that would come out and they would be boxes to in the american wise i'm saying where they would box them out and they would have a couple that were really really good movies that really should have been box office status movies um and a lot of shit movies and some of the movies that came out ended up being cold classics and some ended up being like fucking classics right but they were sold to the movie theaters like that so what i'm saying is is that I think with the way that how popular some of it goes, if it's more of a more society thing from the original society that it comes from, it can't be at that point, right? Like you think of it this way, like this movie, it would be a cult classic here. But if you think of Japan, it's not a cult classic because that's the original culture it came from. And it's fucking huge there. Like and, and Totoro is the same thing. Okay. Nadine. Time out. I say... And I th I'm agreeing with Dan on here when I mentioned it. I think we should do a review oh, yeah, for sure. soon of the of what we've done in the past such and such, like uh, the past season, because we are going into a new one. 
with this up-and-coming one, you wanted to close it out on Black Christmas, the next movie, right? And then we're going to do a new section of the podcast where we're doing a new set of movies, right? I think we should do the review podcast where we go over the movies, not like in depth, we don't have to do it like that, but we literally just go through yeah. each individual movie and redo them as a, oh, is this a, is this a still a cult classic? Based we still off agree of on that. our experience from we doing decide the podcast. Because I, based off of, on our, yes, on our experience of the podcast, because I can tell you right off the bat, Sir Nazis Must Die still should yeah, not be a fucking cult classic. Just, it is a shit movie. Just a shitty movie. I think it's not nobody a cult, should like that I movie. think Dan and I voted as a cult classic originally, and because of the music aspect to it, but I think the more and more I think about it, how much of the music have I seen that it's been followed by, to be honest with you? I haven't really seen that many groups, and it's, it's just not. That's the point. That's the point. To re-review it, and then don't make any changes to what we originally decided. That's done and over with. Right? Right. But we can at least post it on Facebook be like, our new, like, oh, our review episode's out. This is what we currently think of what our previous movies were, you know? Because... We're we're falling to pieces here, Dan. Uh, okay, guys, would we recommend this movie? No. Dan, give me your honest. Um, I I I I don't know. I, I all right because I don't know. I'm not going to recommend it. I I can't say like oh I like this movie. You should watch this movie too. For that reason, I don't think it's a terrible movie. I don't think. I don't, but like I couldn't recommend it to someone because like it's just it just doesn't it I it doesn't speak to me. I don't know how to like present it. I totally totally get that, and this is where I'm going to agree with you on. Would I personally recommend this movie to someone? I'm gonna be frank with you. I don't know. I I don't actually recommend it uh, because this is so specifically niche to what I enjoy. I know a lot of people that are weebs that didn't really like this movie. Um, so, and I know for a fact that most people probably wouldn't like this movie to the degree I would. So this is going to be like my little selfish, uh, my little selfish satisfaction at home, and I'm never going to recommend it to anyone. It could be my little special thing. Um, not, not to go back a segment, but the fact that you, you are like considering that there's anime fans out there that aren't into this movie. That might have it give it some more weight as a cult classic, but I think because it's so, we discussed it previously. Like it, it's has so much weight as an anime movie. Yeah, it's kind of out the window. But I mean, it's that's a good point. This is a movie that if you've watched it, good for you. I'm not going to go out of my way to tell you to watch it. I'm just not. It's it's a great movie, and for me, but I know for a fact that most of the people I'd recommend it to wouldn't enjoy it, so I'm not going to recommend it. Okay, okay. Nadine, would you recommend it? No. Um, The reason why I would not recommend it is not because of the reason that you think. I mean, personally, I do not like it, but I think most people, uh, at least that I know, unless they're anime fans, fans would not really like this movie, honestly. Um, Like, my dad would never watch this, and he's a cool classic movie fan, you know what I mean? Like, But he doesn't like, he doesn't fucking like anime. And I would say, I mean, this is... Again, not an anime fan, which is why I was trying to give it more of like, okay, I can see where people would like this kind of thing view, but like it, it, 
it doesn't it what they did with the story they didn't make it complete it's exactly why i dropped some off my rating as well otherwise it would have been a 10 honestly like they butchered a lot of it i feel like they took a lot out and they made it a little bit more confusing than it could have been and it it honestly could have gone more into depth uh with it and i feel like if they just put more of that in there even for an anime i would say would have been a yes but they didn't they took those things out so it's a no all right um, so that is a no for all of us. I'm actually, I originally was not going to go no, but, uh, I also recognize the fact that this is a very specific type of movie and you definitely need, if you like this type of movie, you probably already watched it. Just saying. Um, but, uh, it was a very, you guys have to admit though, this was a very unique experience to have on a cult movie classic list. Like I guarantee none of you guys were expecting this. Oh, I would, I would love why I was expecting something like this, to be honest with you. Anyway, um, I would actually want to really just put out there, my coworker, Eric, he runs an online comic book shop. I don't remember the name. Eventually he'll tell it to me again and I'll remember it. But uh, he heard that we were doing Akira and he is on your side, John. He fucking loves this movie and he thought I was insane for hating it. So I figured I'd just give you that. You should tell him that I personally fucking love this movie. I'm actually shocked that you guys don't like it either. We don't like anime. I understand why, but I'm still dis. I'm just disappointed in you. I'm like a sad <laughs> dad that's disappointed in this kid who failed college. Anyways, guys, let's go ahead and close this out. So if you guys have any movie recommendations or want to talk with us about movies, uh, you can find us on Facebook or our private group, Snazzy Podcast. Snazzy is S-N-A-S-Y Podcasts. Or you can find us on Instagram at Snazzy Podcast, or you can just email us at she's on a slut yet at gmail.com. We are also trying to make this a YouTube channel because I've heard that some people just don't like to download the podcast apps. So if you're someone who kind of started listening to us because you liked the title or you liked the subject we're talking about, but your preference is not like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can find us on YouTube eventually we're gonna get there if you guys like what you hear please rate review and subscribe it really helps us get out there and have more people find us we also would really love honestly just to have interactions with you guys like we want to know what your opinions are on our ratings for the movies we want to know what your opinions are these fucking movies we want to hear your suggestions for movies that are coming up in the future that would be fantastic so if you have Seriously, any of those things like, like please even, even if you just want to go here and just say john you're a shithead i understand just give us something to go, to go off of so they can roast me about it in the next uh the next movie we like, really we really would yeah love to to hear more honestly so um just as a heads up we will be reviewing my non-list pick which is black christmas and that is released on um december 23rd and it's not the re make of black christmas that was shit we're doing the og black christmas it's the 1974 one all right boys and girls bye see ya bye